This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I don't know what the Chicago Bears think they're doing, but it's time to get to work, okay? You made some promises, mostly to sports talk radio pundits around the world who want to continue commenting on your situation. Get to work. We're joking. We're having a good time. It's going to be a big show. Alongside Gabe Neitzel, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Thank you for spending some of your time with us today. Big man out again, says he's feeling well, but the voice was a little bit scratchy. We wanted to give him a load management day so he could come back strong on Friday. Gabe, you got the call late. I almost just wonder at this point if you're just sitting by the phone 22 hours a day waiting for us to call to see if we need you. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Evan knows I'm ready. I'm always loose in the bullpen. I'm that reliever that, oh, 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 uh, we didn't plan on using the closer today, but we just gave up a couple of runs in the eighth. Let's get him loose. I'm ready to go. Always ready to throw 90 out of the pen. Neitzel getting the call from the bullpen for the 19th consecutive day. (laughs) Manager not really managing his uh, bullpen properly, but so be it. Here we are. All right. Lot to get to today. Lot from what's going on in Indianapolis at the scouting combine, the coach and general manager meetings, press conferences. Those are over. We're on to the action on the field. A lot to break down over the next three hours, but we're going to begin with huge news in one of the best games of the season out of the NBA last night. LeBron one-on-one. LeBron one-on-one against Plumlee. LeBron three-pointer. Good again! Two-point game. 106-104. Lakers trailed by 21 in this quarter. Nobody else should touch the ball in the next offense. Just give it to LeBron. Let him pull up. Damn right, Michael Thompson. LeBron was fantastic (laughs) last night. He finishes with 34 points and 8 assists as the Lakers come back to beat the Clippers 116-112. James outscored the entire Clipper roster in the fourth quarter. He scored 19 points. The Clippers scored 16 points. That's the 16th time in his career that James has had more points in the fourth quarter than the entire opposing team. The next closest... Since 1997-1998, Kobe Bryant at 7, and then Dwayne Wade at 6. Lakers were down 21 points in the fourth quarter. Looked like they were going to get boat raced out of the building, Gabe. And then they came back to win, which prompted a very apologetic Stephen A. Smith to take the airwaves this morning and say this. There's a plethora of things that are happening in the Western Conference that gives you cause to pause and make you say, the Lakers can repeat what they did in the postseason last year despite trepidation about their ability to shoot because of their size, because of the greatness of LeBron James, and because of the fact that other dudes can step in and make a contribution when you least expect it. We get what they can do. Whether they will do it or not remains to be seen. But what's undeniable is that at 39 years of age, in his 21st season, the man is still great. Yeah, I mean, there's no one that's going to argue that. That was a phenomenal performance last night. Here we go. Two and two out of the break. Wins against the Spurs and the Clippers. Losses against the Warriors and the Suns. Are we witnessing something here? Is this, as Yogi Berra would say, deja vu all over again? A strong second half to the season leading the way to a deep playoff run? I'm not buying it. I need to. St- I still need to see more out of the Lakers at this point. Because as you mentioned, one game two and should two. be enough. One game well, should be enough. Well, but it's not even one game. 
It's one quarter. quarter. (laughs) They were down by 21 going into that fourth quarter. And LeBron James, being the historical great that he is, did something historically great last night. And if that's what the Lakers need in order to win games, is LeBron James to be that good each and every night in the fourth quarter, then no, we're not seeing anything starting to me for the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron shooting the ball from from three points, from three-point land, the best he ever has in his career. He's up over 40% so far this season. But still... He made five three-pointers in the fourth quarter last night. Only two other times has he made five three-pointers in a game this season. That's not something that's, even though he's shooting the ball really well, it's not something they're counting on him to do. Oh, LeBron's going to hit five or six threes tonight. No, that's just not part of LeBron James. It was a hot quarter. It was fantastic to watch. It was fascinating to watch because, okay, it's the first one. All right, he's got the second one. And then you can start seeing, I mean, we've seen this how many ever times over the course of the last 21 years where LeBron just starts to feel the jumper and then you know it's dangerous. And it becomes so fun to watch where he's pulling up thinking he's Steph Curry burying threes from all over the arena. But again, that's just not a part of what his day-to-day game is hitting five three-pointers in a quarter, much less a game. I want to drill down on just one thing you said for a moment and then we'll get back to the bigger picture. How amazing is it that at 39 years old, you're setting a career high in three-point shooting. And it's not like game two where you had two hot games and it's like, hey, look at James, 48% from deep, career high. Like, we're we're turning to March tomorrow. If this wasn't a leap year, it would be March right now. Happy leap year. Happy birthday, Taylor Twelman. And to everyone out there who actually gets to celebrate once every four years, I'm sure today is a magical day. But that being said, I mean, you're you literally – it's a career-high year for his three-point percentage. That's insane yes. at 39 years old. He's supposed to be out of the league. Yeah, you know, he is supposed to be out <laughs> right? of the league, but it's, it's, it's insane because you see him do the athletic things that he can still do at 39, and oh, by the way, now he's adding... Like, who's adding things to their game right. at 39? <laughs> oh, okay, let me reach into my bag. No, you're, you've been in the league 21 years. You're not supposed to be adding. You're supposed to be subtracting things from the game at this point, and he's hitting threes at a, at a record clip for him. LeBron spoke after the game on his capacity and ability to possibly carry this team to the end of the season. Just got to do what I got to do. If I'm in a lineup, um, if I'm on the floor, got to make plays. You know, sometimes I got to make even more plays. And tonight was one of those moments where I had to make um, even more plays in order for us to even get back into the game and then ultimately winning the game. So obviously, we, you know, every game is important for us, especially, you know, at this moment. Uh, we have to approach it that way. But uh, tonight was a, a really good test for us. It was a great test. Obviously being down versus one of the best teams in the league and on their home floor and be able to keep our composure um, you know, to weather the storm um, you know, in that fourth quarter was, was very key for us. Every game is a big game for us. That's the problem. Yep. That's the problem. Because for the Minnesota Timberwolves, every game not a big game. They've won so many games, they're going to be able to coast into the postseason and not have to worry about the play-in tournament. Boston Celtics, forget about it. Can go on vacation. They'll be able to coast in the playoffs, won't have to worry about the play-in tournament. The problem for the Lakers is that they're so far back, sitting right now in the nine seed. They're a half game up on Golden State, who plays the Knicks tonight in a big showdown. More on that throughout the course of the show. But they're sitting two games back of Sacramento for the eight seed, two and a half back of Dallas, and I'm sure everyone saw what Luka did last night on his birthday, two and a half back of Dallas for the seventh seed, and they're three games back of New Orleans for the sixth seed. You're not going to be able to get into the Western Conference playoffs, survive the play-in, and then win four games in three consecutive series so you can get to the finals and then have to win four games again 
to hoist the Larry O'Brien championship when you have to go you-know-what to the wall over the last 22 games of the season. They got 22 games left, and they have to take every one of them seriously. You have to put your starters out there for big minutes. You got to win every single game. They are going to be playing playoff games for the next two months, and then the playoffs are going to start, Gabe. And that's ultimately going to be the problem. At 39 years of age, as incredible as he is, he's not going to be able to carry these guys through the postseason after having carried them through the last two months of the year because every single game has to be like what we saw last night against the Clippers. We're going to find a lot out about the Lakers and how serious they are about being an actual contender in the West over the next two weeks. Throw tonight out. They take on Washington at home. Washington, an unserious franchise. So you don't really have to, like, that's not really a big game for them. They should be able to win that one relatively easy. But then they have Denver, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, Milwaukee, all at home. Same with Minnesota. Six, at Sacramento. Sixth hardest schedule the rest of the way. Sixth yeah, hardest. I mean, this is an unbelievable murderer's row that they're going through. Denver, OKC, Sacramento, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Sacramento, Golden State. That's that's now through March 16th, through the middle of March. And if, hey, if they play the way they did in the fourth quarter, which again, not really expected because <laughs> you, A, you gave up only 16 points defensively, which is a great defensive effort. Then LeBron hitting five threes. But if you find a way to kind of capture that lightning in a bottle over the next few weeks, then maybe I can buy into you as an actual contender. Meanwhile, I, otherwise I can just look at last night as that was something great that somebody who's been in the league 21 years was able to reach back and find. Other than that, I, I've seen too much from you this year to take you seriously as a contender in a stacked Western Conference. See, that's the problem. Exactly. You come off that game last night, and you're like, this is why the Lakers can make a run. No. No. A, a standalone outlier historical performance cannot be the basis of an argument for why a team will continue to do that over the next three to four months. That's why it's a historical performance, because it doesn't happen every night. You know what's the type of performance that makes you think? The Timberwolves beating the Grizzlies by nine last night. Nobody cares. It's just stacking another win. They weren't at their best. They found a way to get it done. Nobody's going to talk about it today. But that's didn't now... have to stress in the fourth quarter yeah. and have a miraculous comeback. Exactly. That, that that there it is. They 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 were leading going into the fourth. They handled their business. They now have forty two wins on the season. Uh, Dallas last night they take out Toronto by eleven. Second half of a back to back. No problem. Luca has a huge night. They win. They don't put the extra wear on the tires. That's the thing. The historical performance cannot be the reason for you to believe that that's why the team is back. Otherwise, it wouldn't be historical. It would be Minnesota beating the Grizz by nine in a game no one's paying attention to. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fordenball. Tune in to NBA action tonight. Nuggets host the Heat. Finals rematch presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Everyone has been under the assumption that Caleb Williams will be the first pick in the NFL draft. We've been told that he is a generational quarterback. Is today the day that somehow, because of one person, that all changes? Don't miss it next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle 
and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. And he runs to the far side. 20, 25 outside the numbers to the 40. What a room to run across midfield. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. 85 yards for Jaden Daniels on the run. Wow! He is vintage Lamar. It's the running ability. 1,200 yards rushing this past year. 10 touchdowns on the ground. 22 touchdowns. Zero interceptions on passes. Over 20 yards. So he is the best deep ball thrower in this class. The moment is never too big for Jake. The bigger the moment you can anticipate, he's going to find a way to make a play. I challenge you to find an event where less happens but it's more discussed than the NFL draft. The reality of the situation is a name is written down on a piece of paper, and then that piece of paper is handed to somebody else. That's it. That's the extent of the NFL draft, and yet it gets four months of coverage, Gabe Neitzel. And oh, fights man. break out over this stuff. Oh, man, I'm, I'm in Wisconsin. Like, after this draft is ending, we might do 12 months of draft coverage because it's coming to Green Bay next year. <laughs> oh, like, you we guys have it next year? We've got it next year, 2025, up at Lambeau Field. We are stoked for the draft coming to the state of Wisconsin. What's the weather like in May in Wisconsin? Um, so it's not great. Um, you know, sometimes in, in, you know, late April, you can get a great day, like 65, 70 degrees. It's also been like 40 and sleeting. So oh, great. It's, it's, it's a huge flip of the coin. I have no idea what to expect. Anybody know where it is in 2026? Miami, perhaps <laughs> Tampa Bay, Phoenix. Uh, have you guys thought about this? Do you have your 2025 mock draft out yet? Forget 2024. That's meaningless to everyone in Green Bay. Do you have the 2025 mock up yet? I uh, have not seen the uh, 2025 mock uh, quite yet, but again, everybody's going to be stoked. I mean, we're, we're all hoping the Packers are selecting 32nd. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be great. You guys, that's the thing. In your town, for Sports Talk Radio, what you do up there, you you guys never have a high pick. No. <laughs> like, you're no. always in the 20s. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, last year was an anomaly, and they were, like, in the teens. You know, like, the, oh, I guess the Packers missed the playoffs, got to pick 14. Now they're back to 25, and it's like, okay, well, I guess they'll get a nice player then. Yeah, wake me up three hours in when we're four picks away <laughs> and we inevitably trade back at some point. All right, he's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. One of the great things that's happened since I've had the pleasure of moving from Las Vegas to Connecticut to work at ESPN headquarters 
headquarters is they get to run into all of these great personalities on a regular basis. You get to yuck it up with them, get to know them a little bit. Dan Orlovsky, former NFL quarterback, you see him all over the network. I've gotten a chance to get to know him a little bit. We talk family. We talk lacrosse. He's been coaching me through it. Not me personally. I won't be playing any sports, but I have two young ones that might be. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. One thing I love about Orlovsky, you chat with him. He's a good dude. The other thing is he's always got interesting stuff to say on TV. He was back on Get Up this morning. He was talking about the number one overall pick. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is what Orlovsky had to say. I have not thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. So if there's pocket peace, is there pocket war? Triple H say ESPN. More on that later. <laughs> I do love the, the showmanship of the, you know, I originally said Drake May over Caleb Williams. I was wrong. And it's like, okay, he's admitting it. It's actually Jane Daniels over Caleb Williams. So here we go. This is full on NWO, WCW, late 90s right now. But let's think this through for a second. All jokes aside, every year there's some sort of prospect that all of us are led to believe is going in a certain direction, and it doesn't happen. Will Levis last year, everyone mocked him number four overall to the Colts. Didn't even come close to happening. You know, we saw it the year with Geno Smith when he fell out of the first round. Malik Willis falling out of the first round. Is it possible that we as consumers of the product have become so brainwashed by the idea of Caleb Williams number one overall that we never even thought another possibility could be realistic? And is Orlovsky making that case right now? Does that make some sense to you? That does make sense to me because Caleb Williams has been number one in this draft. Oh, if Caleb Williams, he's going to be the first quarterback taken since he lifted the Heisman Trophy, not this past December, but the December before. It's been over a year that this guy's been the number one pick for the 2024 draft. And let's be honest, his season this year at USC wasn't great. They lost some games early. I think people kind of stopped paying attention to what was ever going on there. Uh, he's going to be the number one guy. I don't have to worry about any of that. Whereas, I mean, again, some of the things that, I mean, I'm a football nerd who, whom, whomst among us isn't. Welcome. When you hear, Welcome. When you hear, You're amongst friends. Yeah, you, you start getting excited when you hear Dan Orlovsky say, say things like ball placement, right? Like, you, you throw those two words around, you get excited. And, and Dan's got a great <laughs> eye for this stuff. So when he starts talking like that, yeah, to me that makes sense because Jaden Daniels, how many people knew who Jaden Daniels was at the beginning of the season? And he just continued to build momentum as the season went along. Despite his team, much like USC and Caleb Williams, losing some games, he was still able to build that momentum through his play. And it's it's not shocking to me at this point, because again, the draft is talked about more than anything else, that maybe somebody like Daniels can kind of gain that momentum on Williams. Mel Kuyper set to join us in about nine minutes. We'll get to the bottom of it with him, but it is possible. Like, you take a step back and you think, all right, we've been so locked in on this. Is it possible that we can't see the forest through the trees, right? If that's the phrase. Is that the phrase or is it see the trees through the forest? Forest for for the trees? Through the trees. Doesn't seem like either of us. It feels like something we should have workshopped before we took it to air. (laughs) Anyone in the back know? You guys both shaking your heads? Okay, moving on. Moving on. Feels like something we may have gotten, let's try this, locked into 
without possibly thinking that there could be alternatives. But again, the more you look at Daniels, it's like, all right, so why don't we have him rated higher? Why don't we think more of him? Huge numbers. It's not like he comes from some small school. He's at LSU, for crying out loud, playing Mm -hmm. huge games every week. Heisman Trophy, dual threat. You know, last year, Bryce Young went number one overall. We're like, well, he's a bit small. Jane Daniels isn't small. There's not a size issue here. There's not a speed issue here. I don't think there's an intelligence issue here. I don't believe there's a red flag off the field issue here. Maybe this actually makes some sense. Maybe he could be the guy that figures his way to number one. I don't know. Maybe that's what the Bears are considering. But then let's ask this. If the Bears are actually considering Jaden Daniels number one overall, do you consider the idea of trading back with Washington, letting them go up to number one, hoping that their pick is Caleb Williams, and then you not only get your guy at number two, you pick up some assets along the way? Can't do that. You just absolutely cannot do that. Think it through. Think it through. Yeah. Okay. I am. This is a show that likes to gamble. Yeah. Look. Yes. And that would be a huge gamble. The Bears have not gotten this position right in God knows how long. It's definitely been over 40 years. Everyone always says Sid Luckman. It's like Sid Luckman. Wow, that's the last one? Yeah, probably. I mean, again, Jay Cutler was nice. Again, it's Sid Luckman and then Jay Cutler is your number two. We can do better than this. At least you would expect to be able to do better than that for a a franchise that's been uh, around for as long as the Chicago Bears have. Do we forget that Rex Grossman carried the team to the Super Bowl? Uh, he was sexy, Rexy. Uh, yes, I, I, I think Bears fans would like to forget that. Carried, carried maybe a bit of an overreach <laughs> on how that all played out, but you know, continue. So, when it comes to this position, you have the number one pick. Do not mess it. If, if heck, even if it's Drake May, if May's your guy, if Daniels is your guy, if Williams is your guy, if you like one of those guys. Do not mess around. You already have other picks that you picked up from trading the number one pick a year ago. You have your own pick at nine. You have a plethora of picks already. Don't try to get cute and get more more picks and run the risk of losing whoever your guy is because if you think you're smarter than everybody else and go, oh man, we've got Jaden Daniels. You know what? I bet they've got Williams. All the smoke coming out of Washington is Williams. Let's go ahead and trade with them. Well, what if Washington's going, oh, man, we, we made everybody think that we like Kayla Williams. We actually like Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Do remember. Do not run that risk. You two are drafted at the top for a reason. It's because you think too much alike. <laughs> you might be thinking too much alike here as well. <laughs> it's, it's just you cannot mess around with that position. If you have your guy, take your guy. It is that simple because that's what if, – if you mess around and try to go, oh, I'm going to outsmart everyone – that's how you end up back in the top three again next year. Very well said. Very well said. I, I'm fascinated to know what the thought process is in Chicago. We'll never know because they'll make their pick and they'll say, that's what it was all along. We never had any doubts, but you got to be evaluating this. It's not like it's a massive gap between everybody. The kid can play. And we'll talk to Mel Kuyper about that next because he would know. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fornball. Let's figure it all out. ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. I have not thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one because I thought Drake May would be the guy. I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago Bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus in Jaden Daniels. I think, number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. Excellent analysis. That's Dan Orlovsky this morning on Get Up. So we want to take that information and we want to turn to our guy, Mel Kuyper Jr., kind enough to spend some time with us here. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fortenball were presented by Progressive Insurance. Mel, we always appreciate the time. We know you're busy. You just heard what Dan had to say this morning. We have been locked in to Williams for a long time as the number one overall pick. Is it realistic, in your opinion, that the Bears could stay at number one and not draft Caleb Williams. I don't think it's realistic. I think Dan has the right to say what he says, and you don't have to say that if the first quarterback taken is your best quarterback, your favorite quarterback. So what Dan says, he's one person who has a great evaluation of players and does a heck of a job, former quarterback. He says, hey, my number one quarterback right now is Jaden Daniels. So if he were a general manager, he would take him. I I think the consensus is Caleb. I don't know what Chicago is going to do. If Ryan Poles and Eberflus feel the way that that, – Dan O does, then maybe they would. I, I just think I go back to remember when I had Josh. Everybody, I thought for sure the night I did my last mock, Josh Allen's going number one, and Cleveland kind of did the curveball. Oh, we're taking Baker Mayfield as a contrarian. I wouldn't say it was contrarian. It was what they felt and how that work out. So again, sometimes I wouldn't say you try to get too cute. I think, but you have a right to like who you want. Sometimes teams do some baffling things. I would have never in a million years thought that they were not, were not going to take Josh Allen. The morning of the draft, I walked down and Adam's telling me it's not going to be Josh Allen. I was shocked. I just had him projected to go there the night before. So again, yeah, you never know how this is going to go. It's one man's opinion. That's all it is. It's one man or a couple men. The Chicago Bears to find that. I do think this. 
Hey, Jaden Daniels is clearly the number two quarterback. That's why I have him going two. I have him ranked as number two quarterback. Uh, for me, I can't put him at one uh, to go from the fourth round to number one. It's happened before. Baker Mayfield did it, guys. But to, to put him ahead of Caleb, I can't do that. Lost Gabe's mic for a second. Let's go ahead and fire that with the on switch. Gabe, you there? All right, go ahead. We'll work on the technical issues for a second. I'll ask the follow-up here. Oh, my pumpkin pie, boy. We yeah. can do it, Joe. Should I just start firing bets at you, Mel? How does that sound? <laughs> Whatever you want, pal. Total curveball here. Gabe, go ahead. <laughs> do we have him? We did lose him. Okay. So, uh, let's get to this. You had Caleb Williams. Can you move the screen up on the side, please? Thank you, Evan. Excellent. You had Caleb Williams as your top pick in yesterday's mock draft. What could make you change the mock between now and the draft? That would not have Williams at number one. Uh, just hearing that there's going to be a different uh, you know, thought process there, and they're going to do what Dano said and take somebody else. Uh, projecting trades isn't the way I go. I don't roll that way with this the, the mock draft because it distorts everything if it doesn't happen. Uh, plus, you don't know who's going to move up. Uh, you know, to me, I said yesterday, if it takes, if it, if it was a haul, if it was a bonanza, if it was a everything and the ranch, right? right? Then you would think about maybe moving off of one and trading and keeping Justin Fields. And then if you don't, don't get that haul. You trade Justin Fields. You get the two and a four, and you're happy, right? You got Caleb Williams. You get the second back. You lost Ramontez Sweat, and you get a fourth-round pick. And you also have the ninth pick overall to address maybe a receiver or a defensive player like Dallas Turner. So there's options at nine to help your team both on offense or defense, and you recoup the two, like saying you add a four. If you get, a, I'm talking about Bonanza, guys. I'm talking about a haul. That's what it would take for me to give up the number one pick overall. So Chris Canty this morning said he believes someone's going to trade into the top three. And the, the three that are currently there, that's not what we're going to see in late April in the first round. So if in this scenario, Williams Daniels go one, two, you were just talking about trading a bunch of draft capital for the number one pick. Is it worth in your mind trading a bunch of that draft capital to go get the third best quarterback who I think most people at that point would then believe is Drake May? Gabe, that would be really interesting because New England is in the quarterback market, you would think. Now, I'm a, I am like Mac Jones. Mac Jones was 22 touchdowns with 13 picks as a rookie, 68% completion percentage. They had him rated 80 the NFL players in the top 100. And then he, he struggles because he didn't get any help. So they forgot about him. They did nothing to help him. They changed. That was when Josh McDaniels was the coordinator, if you remember. And they brought in, what, you know, Patricia and, and Joe. Uh, after that point, uh, they went for the uh, Joe Judge. So at the end of the day, he got no help both coaching-wise and player-wise. Bottom line is, if they go for Drake May, they got to help him out more than they did. And you would think this new, organi- new organization will. Uh, if, it'd be interesting. You, you have a team needing Drake May, and you have a team trading in to get Drake May. So, obviously, New England would say, okay, who are we going to roll forward with? And we're going to get some extra picks moving down, and we'll still get a really good player because there's three outstanding receivers, not just Marvin Harrison Jr. That's what makes that viable. If New England moves down, they could still get Romo Dunze or Malik Neighbors, you would think, if they don't move down too far beyond, say, eight or nine. So around about eight spots, say, to Atlanta. So for, for me, if they decide they're going to roll forward with another quarterback, fine, but you got to help that guy, and you could get one of those receivers. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, co-host of the First Draft Podcast, as well as Darian Mel on ESPN Radio, joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We were having this debate this morning. Possible that top three picks are quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. No matter what permutation plays out, how long do you think we wait before the fourth quarterback 
hears his name called. Because we were kicking around the idea of, hey, if three go, someone could maybe trade up with Arizona at four, and then it'd be the first time in history we get four quarterbacks in a row to open the draft. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but how far could number four fall? Uh, six, maybe the Giants. I don't buy because I'm a Daniel Jones guy, but okay. some people think six. I'm going eight to 16 uh, in that area, which would be Atlanta down to Seattle with my pick where I had a mocked, which was to Denver at 12. I had Seattle there in Mach 1.0. So I'm going eight to 16, guys. I'm not buying the six, although I guess it could be viable if they want to you know, bring in J.J. McCarthy. To me, J.J. McCarthy is the most difficult player to evaluate in this draft. And because he's a quarterback, and that's the most important position in all sports, is quarterback in the National Football League. Here's a kid just turned 21, wasn't forced to carry this team, did a good job, though, when he needed to. He's a tremendously competitive kid. He's got the skill set. Uh, he's going to interview great. He's tough as they come. He, if he would have done more, I mean, go to, how many quarterbacks go in the top group that didn't throw a pass in the second half against the team late in the year? Right. So, again, you don't see that, guys, very often. So he's kind of not, but he's just different. It's unique to this whole thing is J.J. McCarthy. So that's why I think, you know, Sean Payton at 12, yeah, where's he going to go? Who's going to be the Broncos quarterback? Good luck on that. You're in the AFC. You're in a division with Mahomes and Herbert. Yeah, is this the point in time where he said, I can't get this wrong, and you're taking a quarterback that I think is the most difficult player in this draft to evaluate in terms of first-rounders. So, and maybe the most difficult quarterback to evaluate in years. Now, we missed on some of those, but we at least knew what we thought. We could be wrong, but we at least knew. We had a, you know, a little conviction about that guy, good or bad. Here, with J.J. McCarthy, I just throw up my arms and say, I don't know. So with the NFL Combine going on right now, Mel, also known as smokescreen season for general managers and head coaches, we've heard a lot. I mean, the Giants have said they like the quarterbacks in this draft. Antonio Pierce, head coach of the Raiders, saying he doesn't want to band-aid a quarterback. Ryan Poles, general manager of the Bears, saying it would take a franchise-changing deal to move off that number one pick. Of all these different things that have been thrown out the last couple of days by these general managers and head coaches at the Combine, has there anything? has there been anything that you've heard that has changed the way you think this draft may end up going? Not really, no, because you don't know what to listen to. <clears throat> I mean, what not to. Uh, I just go by how I have players rated and then what you're hearing when I do the mock. And that's where, again, you got to balance that out, guys. And it's a tough, it's a tough tap dance. It really is. To, to focus on what everybody's thinking and you're hearing. And then you get different opinions there. I asked Romo Dunze, Malik Neighbors. I asked teams, Malik, which one? I had 50-50 split. So I went with who I like a really? little bit better. I went Odunze. So, again, sometimes you can't even settle that, guys. And then you get guys at one team says he's moving down. Another guy says, no, we love him. He's a guaranteed first. So you got to try to figure it out. What's it all come back to when you have a situation like that? How I rate the players. What my eyes tell me. What the optics tell me. When I have, when I have a couple people or, or numerous people say, okay, no, you're wrong. This is where he's going. I, got, I say, okay, I'm wrong. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be stubborn about this. I may not love the player, but I'm gonna put him. I'll give you an example. Byron Murphy the second defensive tackle out of Texas. I don't love him. I like Devontae Sweat a little bit better as teammate. But you know, I keep everybody I talk. Mel, he's the first defensive tackle off the board. Get him in the mid first. I did. I'm not going to be stubborn about it. We always say stubborn is stupid. I, I try not to be, right? <laughs> try not to be that, right? So I, you got to sometimes figure it out. Mock drafts are very difficult. They're a fun exercise, uh, but uh, they do have their challenges. Mel Kuyper Jr., ESPN NFL Draft Analyst, kind enough to join us here. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thank you so much, Mel. We appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, guys. Take care. Make sure to check them out on the First Draft Podcast as well. And Darian Mel on ESPN Radio. Alongside Gabe Neitzel, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Mel's latest mock draft is currently available ESPN.com. It's all the rage, and it appears to have gone from a three-quarterback draft 
to possibly a two-quarterback draft. So what do you do if you're picking third or later? That's coming up after I have this from Indeed, where it's now the perfect time to gear up and connect to quality candidates. And there's no better way to do that than through Indeed, the hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in the same place. Their interview tool helps you schedule and conduct video interviews right from your employer dashboard. Nix the hassle. Start hiring at Indeed.com slash credit. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Jaden Daniels, number two. I'll tell you, the closer we get, the, the more I'm going to pull away on Jaden Daniels. Drake May, number three. I don't think there's any question it's Jaden Daniels. There's no question that you take him number two overall because I think he is a much more natural passer of the football and fits today's game and has a higher ceiling than what Drake May has. Jaden comes in with momentum. He did everything perfectly. He dominated the Alabama Crimson Tide defense two years in a row. And so I think there's a lot to love about Jaden. Decisions, decisions. What are the Bears going to do with Justin Fields? What are they going to do with the number one overall pick? What's Washington going to do at number two? And then what happens at number three with the New England Patriots? Oftentimes you hear the draft starts at four or the draft starts at two, depending on how many picks we know in advance. Well, eventually we'll know number one. We'll probably then end up knowing number two. The draft could very well start at number three. He's Gabe Neitzel. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Gabe, I want you to take a listen to this because I know you're working, working hard in the morning. You might not have heard Canty, Cohen, Smallman on Unsportsmanlike, but they got into a discussion about the number three pick currently owned by the New England Patriots. Canty and Cohen got into it regarding whether or not someone would trade up for that pick. I'm telling you, somebody is going to move up into that top three. All right, I've been somebody, saying somebody, this. They're going to have tons gonna, of wheeling and dealing. Somebody is going to move up in the top three. I'm it is not going you. to be Bears, Commanders, and, and Patriots. It's not going to happen like that. Guys, it's not going to happen like I that. I can't say it enough. I'm that is be- the one thing I do know about this year's draft. Definitive statement again, that is the one thing I do know. I that- think quarterbacks will go off the board one, two, three, but they will not go off the board Bears, Commanders, Patriots. That will not happen. Let me ask this. Does he end up being right if it's Commanders, Bears, Patriots? If they just flip one and two. 
does it, and they all take quarterbacks. I know that that's unlikely. But if that's the move, does he still end up being right? Because no one actually moved up into the top three. Those three were still there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say technically he is not correct. Okay, good. I want to make sure I'm, we I'm have that on him record. credit. Yes. I don't think he gets credit if those three te- if, if the Bears and Commanders just flip-flop, no. Because that seems to be a bigger proclamation of somebody outside those three teams is moving in to get a quarterback. Do you agree with that assessment? Do you believe Bears, Commanders, Patriots is not the order when we get to draft night? I, I am going to agree. Just because the more and more it seems like, and again, it's smoke screen season, so it's tough to try to sort through it all. But it seems like maybe the Patriots are that team. Right, I think that's the team we're talking about. The, the, the one I feel most confident that is going to certainly still be somewhere in that top three and they're taking a quarterback is Washington. Washington is going to be there. So that leaves Agreed. the Bears, that leaves the Patriots. And, man, I, I still feel like the Bears could be open to trading that first overall pick, but it just seems like the Patriots looking at the situation going, man, we're not going to be crazy about the third best quarterback here. Maybe we just try to get some assets and see what our new coaching staff can do with the guy that we already had who had a promising rookie season. If it turns out that they don't like the third quarterback on the board, then yeah, don't force it, obviously. But it just seems like running it back with Mac Jones is the easiest way to tell the fan base, hey, Belichick's gone it's we got nothing exciting for you. We got nothing. We got nothing. We're just going to promote in-house and we're going to stick with the same quarterback. And, uh, you know, we'll see you week one. Buy your season ticket packages now. And I'm sitting there. It's like, come on, man. New coach, new quarterback, new era. Let's go. Fire it up. But, again, if you don't like the third overall quarterback, then perhaps it's better to trade back. Let someone else make that mistake. Speaking of which, Merrill Hodge, former NFL running back, Fascinating commentary on 106.7 The Fan in D.C. regarding his thoughts on Drake May. Now, before you hear this, remember, Mel over the last few years, or excuse me, Merrill Hodge over the last few years has nailed it with some of the quarterback analysis. Nailed it. Some quarterbacks that people loved, he was low on and he was proven correct. Some that people were low on that he ended up being high on, again, nailed it and he was correct. His credibility is pretty rock solid here. Here is what Merrill Hodge had to say about UNC quarterback Drake May. I wouldn't touch May. I wouldn't, I wouldn't grab May. I wouldn't draft him in the first round. And there's a bunch of things that bother me. He's extremely inconsistent as uh, his accuracy. His processing, inconsistent. He's not extremely athletic. I think I find him more stiff. He's got a longer throwing motion, which allows more hits in our league than he gets in college. So there you go. Right there, Merrill Hodge. Now, if this was anyone just shooting off at the hip, you probably don't pay a lot of attention to it. But Merrill's got a pretty good track record here. So now all of a sudden, if you're sitting down there at 6, 8, 12, whatever it may be, considering a trade up to number three and New England's willing to do business, should you be willing to do business? Because that's going to cost a lot to get up there. You have to love what you're getting out of that number three pick. Or maybe you trade up for number three because you like Brock Bowers or you like Marvin Harrison Jr. And it seems like we're doing the reevaluation of Drake May, but not doing the reevaluation of Caleb Williams. Because these guys have been, how long have these guys been one, two for this draft? At least a year. Yeah, At least a year, right? Where it goes back to was, last year. We said this quarterback class stinks. We're going to go ahead and we're going to look to next year, and it's going to be Williams-May. That's going to be the year. 
Yeah, and and then Jaden Daniels had the year that he had, inserting himself into that conversation. And Caleb still seems to be, at least on most draft boards, that number one guy. And May is getting passed up. It seems like Daniels has all that momentum to be that second overall pick, which makes you wonder, okay, if he's getting passed up and we've been so high on this guy for so long, what are some of the flaws? Or has he just been on our radar for so long? You start to see some of those flaws instead of the shiny new thing that has been Jaden Daniels. I look at this, if you naturally, if you don't like the guy, if you evaluate Drake May the way Merrill Hodge evaluates him, you're not trading for him, you're not drafting him, no, you're passing no, him. Like you, you you just, you're not going to force the issue. But if you like him, if you like him at all, you go make the move. Go make the move. You can swing and miss on quarterbacks. It's okay. Everyone always points to the fact that if you get it wrong, that's it. That's it. Your job's going to be on the line. If you get it wrong like two or three times, yeah, your job's going to be on the line. But your job's always on the line. Everyone in Philadelphia's job was on the line this year after going to the Super Bowl. After going to the Super Bowl, people were talking about firing Nick Sirianni and team president Howie Roseman. Think about that. They had just been in the Super Bowl the year before. Everyone's job is pretty much always on the line. Bill Belichick just got fired in New England. Okay? So one way or another, you get and run at some point. You might as well take some swings on the quarterback position. If May looks pretty good to you, go get him. I always go back to the Eagles and the Rams trading up for Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Not in that order. Rams came up to number one. They gave up a boatload. They draft Jared Goff. Eagles give up a boatload. They come up to number two. They draft Carson Wentz. Both teams won a Super Bowl within the next few years. And they did it without those quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks aren't even on the damn roster anymore. Wentz isn't even in the NFL. I know the Rams picked him up at the end. That doesn't really count. But Goff is balling in Detroit. The point is... The Rams got rid of him and went and won a Super Bowl. You can swing and miss here. This is where you take risk. The quarterback position. Because once you end up cashing in, it's all gravy. It's all gravy once you have that guy, Gabe. If you like Drake May, yes, go get him. By all means, go get him. I think my favorite piece of audio from the entire combine was Brandon Bean, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills, going, yeah, when I I decided to trade up for Josh Allen, like, I mean, I really liked him, so... You know, if he worked out, nobody was going to care what I gave up for him. And if he didn't work out, okay, then I'm not here. I don't have to hear a lot of that criticism because I'm going to get fired anyway. But but he had conviction. He had belief. If you're a general manager, you have to have conviction about somebody at that position and go make that somebody your guy. And think of it like this. Even if you trade up and you miss, you're still not guaranteed to get fired. Sean McVay didn't get fired for trading up to take Jared Goff. Howie Roseman didn't get fired for trading up to take Carson Wentz. If you John put- Lynch didn't get fired for Trey Lance. <laughs> that was an awful swing and a miss. And those guys were just in the Super Bowl. So you might as well take your swings here. A huge comeback for the Lakers or a huge collapse for the Clippers. Two ways to look at it. What's a sign of what's to come? Gabe Neitzel, Joe Fordenball, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.